0: Let me just tell you a little bit about this guy. He, he's he been a friend of this house for so long, and uh, we just have such a heart connection. Uh, he texted me just the other day, and uh, and he goes, he texts me, and he just says, hey, don't be surprised if, if you see me on Sunday morning. And And I texted him back, and I said, don't be surprised if I have you speak on Sunday morning. <laughs> so we are blessed and honored to have... Corey Russell in the house with us and, uh, and he's going to deliver the word today. So can you guys stand, give him a huge hand as this brother in the house comes up. So honored and blessed.
1: Amen. Sit down. Stop it. <laughs> well, happy new year. Happy new decade. Praise God. Who's grateful to get through that last decade? hallelujah it's a new season it's a new day. Fresh anointing coming my way. <laughs> That's about all I know of it. Um, I like that though. anyway, no, I love it. I love all the seasons, I love all the decades, and I'm glad to be with you guys. Uh, it's an honor for me, and yeah, my heart's just swelling, and we get to spend time together and uh So, uh, yeah, I, there's so many things in my heart, uh, as we transition into this new year, this new decade, and I'm feeling lots of things and I feel like I I love the start of a new year. I love the start of a new decade just to realign my heart. I love that cry on Philippians three and whoever's do it. Do we do screens in here? Do we do verses? Okay. Okay. I didn't know. I'll be using new King James if we do, but, uh, um, in, uh, Philippians three, Paul makes his statement. He says, uh, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. And then he says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. And he makes this statement. He says, he says, I have not apprehended. I'm not there yet. I have not gotten there. And I want to tell you, no matter what level or what place you've reached in God, you're not there yet. I don't care if you're 20 seconds in this journey, 20 years, 50 years or whatever, you never arrive until you see his face. Let that settle because nothing attacks the, the complacent culture that we live in. Like the apostle Paul says, I have not apprehended, but one thing I do. I don't know where the verse is at, Philippians 3, about 12 or something, 13. He says, and we could put that up there, Philippians three 13, and I'm going to make you work this morning, okay? I'm going you to make you earn your keep this morning, so be ready. Um, Philippians 3, 13, he says, this one thing I do. There's about three one things in scripture. There's Psalm 27, 4. David says, one thing I desired of God, to dwell in his house, gaze on his beauty, Mary of Bethany in Luke 10, one thing is needed, and Mary's chosen the good part. But Paul gives us his one thing. In Philippians, there it is. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing. Everybody say, one thing. And this is a verse that I think of at the start of a new year, the start of a new decade. One thing that I do. Look at this. I forget the things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. Just keep that up there. He goes, I forget, and I always picture the Jesus with a New York accent coming in. Forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm weird. So whatever. Jesus talks all kinds of accents and languages, man. He'll show up. And I, and I believe this is important as we cross over because it really does matter. I'm grateful for new starts. I'm grateful for new mercies every morning. I'm grateful for fresh starts, and and God uses that to work in us a new way of doing things because a lot of us are in real negative sowing and reaping cycles, and we're like, God, I'm tired of the same fruit manifesting in my life, in my marriage, in my relationships, in my finances, in my life. God, I want to enter into a new sowing and reaping cycle. And he says, I forget the things that are behind. This is why I love a new year and a new decade is that we don't get to, we don't run from our failures, our weaknesses, our sins, the areas where we just straight messed up, we screwed up, the things we did. But we get to bring all that we are and all that we've done before the cross. We don't hide it. We don't blame shift. We don't push it away that it's their fault that made me do that but that we fully own all of it and we bring it before the cross and we say, thank you, Father, that in our place you crushed your son for our sake and that our sin was nailed on him at that cross. And we own it and we receive his cleansing forgiveness for the failures and the sins and the weaknesses that were manifested in us in the last year, in the last decade. And you come under the blood and you receive his forgiveness. And you forget about it. You're not exalting how awesome and humble you are by living in perpetual timeout. Are you hearing me? Do you understand that's one of the most prideful things you can do? That's one of the most arrogant things prideful things you can do is you get to dictate the terms of your relationship with God. That you have the audacity, the pride to say you need to pay penance for your sins. Do you believe in the blood of Jesus? I know we do, yes. Do you believe in the blood of Jesus? Do you believe that His blood is stronger than your most shameful sin? right now. Do you believe that? Then quit living as if what you've done has the loudest voice in the courtroom of heaven. You're not that strong. You're not that awesome. I want you to understand that. So forget about it. Come under the blood, push delete, and move on. Push, delete, and move on. Make right what needs to be made right in your own life and your relationships. Make it right on this level. But before you and God, move on and quit living in victim, second-class citizenship. Quit living at a distance. And you run into the throne room and you enjoy intimacy with the Father. It's not about you. It's about what he's done. Veils are rent. And you think it's more noble to sit outside saying, no, no, it's not enough. I haven't beat myself enough. I promise you, you'll be living out there beating yourself forever. The blood of Jesus beckons you to come out of victimhood, to come out of shame, to come out of fear. To come out of bondage, to come out of every lie, every tormentor, every accuser, and every deceiver. And to come out of it and come into the throne room and let Abba enjoy you. Here's a new prayer for you. Abba, enjoy me. I'm not going to steal from you what you love to give. Your pleasure to me. I am your favorite. I'm the one in whom your soul delights in. You really like me and I'm just going to sit here and breathe in your pleasure. Let's make war at the, at the start of a year. And number two, so I'm going to hit everybody in the room. You've got to forget your failures. You're not showing yourself how righteous and holy you are by living perpetual time out. That's number one. Number two, you need to forget your successes. No, it's really good. And it's really deceitful because many of you are living in the memory of where you were five years ago and you're not on fire anymore. When's the last time you cried when you read your Bible? When's the last time the spirit of prayer was on you? When's the last time God's movements were on you and that spirit of burning rested on you and a love for the Holy Ghost and you prayed in tongues and you didn't even know you were praying in tongues? where that joy was on you and that peace was on you and that quickening and that aliveness. And you didn't have to have to do. That's what I love is that Christianity is not about have tos. It's about the I get tos. (laughs) When Christianity becomes I get to, then you're living in true Christianity. This is not what I'm wanting to talk about this morning. I just This is how I transition a year. Philippians 3 is a good one. I want you to go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Hosea 10, verse 12. So that was just free, okay? That was just an intro free. Forget about it. There's nothing worse than living in the memory that you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. There is nothing worse than living with a memory of the good old days. I hate the good old days. I'm grateful for it, but I'm not living there. I press on. I reach forward. I want to lay hold of that for which he laid hold of me. I believe that we're in a very significant hour of human history, and I believe that we're in a divine window, and I specifically believe here at The Rock that you're in a divine window because I know Pastor Mike's been using the language of gear and automobiles and shifting gears. And I believe that God is wanting to turn, I I use the word the treadmill. And I think about God's wanting to move us from a 2.0 slow walk and he's wanting to move us to a 5.0 light jog. And he's wanting to begin to pick the pace up because Jeremiah 12, Jeremiah tells his generation that if you can't walk with the footmen, How do you think you're going to be able to handle running with the horses in the floodplains of the Jordan? And if you can't handle easy days, what do you think it's going to be like when the intensity picks up? And if we can't, and I believe that there's a divine window, which means this. There's an open opportunity for more grace to move in the things that's deep in your heart. And I believe he's going to meet you. And whether that 2.0, however we define that, who knows. But let's go back here to Hosea. This is some words I feel like God is releasing to us in this season. Hosea, this is one of the only, there's only a couple of really positive verses in Hosea. It's a really intense judgment prophet. But I'm grateful for Hosea 10.12. He threw this little nugget in there. Because I love the language that he's using, sowing and reaping, because what Israel was in the middle of was in a national reaping of judgment in their generation. And Hosea throws this lifeline saying, You can enter into a new sowing and reaping cycle. And he says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. And then look at this phrase. Break up your fallow ground. Look at this. Everybody say, break up your fallow ground. He says, for it is time. Everybody say, it's time. Time. It is time. There are kairos time. There's normal time and then there's appointed time. There are divine times and divine windows that if you step through them, it will catapult you into a new season, but if you miss it, you will stay at the place that you're at in God. Or even worse, you will go the other direction. Because I want to make it clear to you, in the kingdom, the rich get richer. Whatever you have, more will be given. But to him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So understand there's no neutral ground in the spirit. There is no coasting mode in the spirit because if you're coasting, you're slipping. That's why Paul's spirit, I wanted to preface this morning with Philippians three. The apostle Paul, the man more rooted and grounded in the grace of God, in the righteousness of Christ, more than any man that's ever lived, had this revelation. Grace didn't settle him into lazy boy Christianity, Grace catapulted him to reach for fullness. See, that's what grace does to you. It doesn't allow you to live in Funkville. It doesn't allow you to live in Depressionville. It doesn't allow you to live in Bondageville. But it picks you up saying, son, you are delivered from that. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer a slave to bondage. You are no longer a slave to anything. But you're a slave to righteousness which means you've got this thing pulling on the inside of you. I want more of God. And Hosea said, it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Hallelujah. I believe this is a word for the rock. I believe this is a word for you is that God is calling you as you move into a new year and a new decade He is looking at you and he's saying, Do you want to move into new reaping cycles in your life? Do you want your thought life to be filled with thoughts about God instead of jealousy about your neighbor? Would you like to have a new place of intimacy with me in 2020? Do you? No, no, do you? Are you okay? Come on, I like to be yelled at. You can throw things at me. So for yourselves. Everybody say yourselves. I've got this statement that I've said for years. God doesn't dance with mannequins. First off, that's a really weird image. Somebody at Dillard's just lost with the girl in red. Lady in red. What does that mean? Everybody wants God to do all the work. God, I'm just trusting you. You do it. I'm waiting on you. I want you to pick me up and move me around. I trust you, which means we want you to do everything. And God says, I don't dance with mannequins. I want you to make real decisions in your secret life, and I won't do it for you. I want you to sew for yourself the stuff that nobody else sees. I want you to make concrete decisions about the things you look at, the things you listen to, the things you do, what you think about, and I want you to begin to do it yourself and begin to make moves with me because I dance with a partner, not a mannequin. It makes for good messages. It gets gets different when Jesus starts getting up into your business And he starts saying, let's look at how much Netflix you watched this year. Let's look at how much binge watching you did this year. And yet, you haven't even gotten to Genesis chapter 10 in your Bible reading. No, no, it's really practical. I want to begin to touch the areas of what you've been looking at. I hear the Lord saying to me, Corey, you've been looking at Instagram too much. You've been looking at Facebook too much. You've been listening to other opinions. Corey, you've been reading your Bible through a computer screen. I want you to get the book back out. That's what he's telling me in 2020. And my eyesight was going down, so I was trying to fight it by going to a computer screen. He goes, you can't feel it like you do when reading the Bible. I want you to feel it. So for yourselves, righteousness, reap in mercy. God will not do your part, and you cannot do his part. Sow for yourselves, righteousness, reap in mercy. And then he says, break up your fallow ground. Hosea is going to liken our hearts to ground that was once useful and brought produce in a previous season. But now it's gotten hard, it's gotten rocky and weedy. And Hosea is calling us using farmer language saying your heart has gotten a hard surface to it and you're starting to get indifferent. You're starting to get dull. Where you used to respond so quickly to my whispers, now it takes a bullhorn to get you to do anything. He says, I want to get back to tender you. I want to get back to sensitive you that would give wildly at a whisper. I want you to get back into that fluid relationship with me, but here's the problem. you got a surface, but yet you have underneath it memories of what used to be, and you've been in this thing long enough. He says, I want you to break up the fallow ground. I want you to release the tiller of the Word and the Spirit and tear up that soil underneath so you can get tender again so I can sow fresh seeds for a new season. I I love that God says, I'm not going to break it up for you. I'm not going to do it for you. I love that God lets me dance with Him. And make decisions and that my decisions matter. My decisions matter. God is into faith expressing itself through love. It's not religion. It's not legalism for me to say I'm going to watch less TV this year. And say God I want to give you a season. It's not legalism. That's a statement of love. When you fall in love, you prioritize a relationship, and it affects your pocketbook, your schedule, and your whole dream life because of the value of the relationship. It's an expression of love. The devil will just whisper legalism on anything that we do that is a lie from the pit of hell that's keeping the church in compromise and apathy and leaning back from pursuing fullness. Oh, beloved, there's nothing greater than being able to give to Jesus what only you can give to Jesus. Break up your fallow ground. I felt like the Lord told me, Corey, I'm going to help you. I've given gifts to the church to help you up in the breaking up of your fallow ground. I'm releasing the gift of tears. Tears make you tender. I believe that God's releasing the gift of tears. We're going to prayer on the other side of prayer. We're going to tears are going to tenderize the soil of our hearts. I believe God's releasing the gift of tongues to till up the soil of our hearts. And I believe God's going to release the gift of travail to tear the soil of our hearts. He says, it is time to seek the Lord. I want you to know I love it. I, I love coming up here to the altar. I love making statements at the altar. But turning to the Lord isn't mostly about an altar one-time experience to where you can go back and sit down and saying I can alleviate my guilty conscience because I've done my stuff with God. Turning to the Lord is making daily Radical decisions to swim against the worship of you and nail it to the cross and say, Jesus, I'm following you wherever you go and it looks like 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. As you start the first work week of the new decade and as you enter into a new decade, it looks like you declaring war on the God of sleep, on the God of busyness, on the God of distraction. Some of you, God will put his finger what breaking up your fallow ground looks like is selling the boat so you don't have to work as much to pay for the boat. So you can be with him more. It's really practical. My question is, is he allowed to speak into those areas? Is he allowed? Can he? No, I, I, I'm the, I don't need you to tell me and yell me down at church and say, yeah, praise I mean, when you look at him and he begins to put his finger on the stuff that nobody else knows about. Because, you know, Pastor Mike was talking about worship. The first use of the word worship in Scripture is Abraham and Isaac and God asking Abraham to kill his son. And the first time that we see worship, Abraham looks at the servant saying, Me and the lad will go up and, wo- and worship. Worship. Worship is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going to hurt. You're going to feel it in your flesh. You're going to feel it in your heart. And the very fact that this is so foreign is an indictment of where we're at in the American church. And God is whispering to his people, break up your fellow ground. Hallelujah. I feel his pleasure. He likes this stuff. Because do any husbands in here like living? Formalities and having a roommate at home. Nothing kills a marriage more than dead formalities and living at a distance. I don't want a workmate and a partner to share the bills with. I want intimacy with you. I want to be wanted by you. I want to be connected to you. Hallelujah. It is time to seek the Lord. There is a window that's available to us right now. I don't know how long it lasts. I know Isaiah 55 says, Call to me while I'm near. There are times where God is close. And if you don't step through the window, there's accountability and you're going to have the regret of not stepping through it. People talk about what's your greatest fear. And I heard our. Spiritual father of mine saying, My greatest fear is regret when I stand before Jesus. <clears throat> Seek the Lord till he comes and reigns righteousness. What does that mean? What does it look like? You talk to him about it. Hallelujah. Till he comes and reigns righteousness on you. Righteousness is God's rightness formed in our souls, formed in our families, formed in every area of our life. It's the divine plumb line of heaven. Hallelujah. It feels good in here. Just felt the fire fall in here. It's good. I think it's fire. (laughs) Who knows? Fire is good because he's coming. He's coming and he's the baptizer in fire. Malachi 4, Malachi 3 talks about the one who will set as a refiner and he will purify the sons of Levi. You know, John the Baptist's favorite title of Jesus is Jesus the Baptist. Jesus, the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. Can you put um, Matthew three eleven up here? This is good. We're going to get to Joel 2 here in a second. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I love John the Baptist. He was so clear about what he was doing. He says, I indeed baptize you with water. I can clean the outside of the dish. I can get you ready. But he who's coming after me, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you. Get a hold of this. Keep going. He will baptize you. He will baptize you. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Okay, okay. Got a little warfare in the screens department. All right. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. It's so interesting to me. He adds the addendum and fire. Why not just baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire? Keep going. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. Do you know your heart is his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is New Testament, in case you want to try to put it in the Old. Can you put Luke twelve forty nine, just in case you, there's something in you saying a minute? Is it New Testament? Everybody asks, why did Jesus come? We know he came to bring peace. We know he came to seek and save the lost. He came to give his life as a ransom. But Jesus opens up in Luke 12 saying, yeah, I did all that, but really? I came to send fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. I wish this party was already started. Jesus came to send fire on the earth. Keep going, verse 50. He says this, I have a baptism to be baptized with and how I wish and how distressed I am till it's accomplished. Jesus says, I got to get through death so I can release a baptism. Keep going. He says, do you think I came to bring peace? Yes, Jesus, we just had Christmas. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace on earth, you want everybody happy. He goes, no, I'm into blowing up Christmas dinner. I'll blow up Christmas dinner. He says, I tell you not at all, but rather division. Who's preaching on the Jesus that comes and brings division? Because he wants unity on his terms. He hates fake. Fake. He loves broken, jacked up people, but he hates fake religious people. He hates fake. He hates imposters. He hates pretends. He hates mask. He hates living at a distance with forms. He hates it, and he gets really energetic about it. And Jesus goes through a long list of mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. He talks about Christmas dinner is pretty much what he talks about. Y'all know Christmas dinner. We put on the best faces we can. We try to bury our hatchets but we've got so many issues with family members. And let's just try to have a nice cordial Christmas dinner and take a good picture for Instagram. And don't let the drunk uncle out of the back room to mess it all up. Because if he comes out, he will put his finger in the middle of every dysfunction in the family. I think sometimes Jesus is into, I'm gonna come out of the back room and mess this whole thing up. What's he saying? He's saying, I will get up into the middle of the most intimate of relationships to have you for myself, and for a season there will be division so that we can have peace on my terms. Can you go to Joel 2, 12? I wasn't planning on talking about the baptism of fire, but it's all the same. It's this, Jesus is a bridegroom. Verses 1 through 11 is about an army that's coming. A military invasion that's coming. It's really intense. But what I love is that God is going through Joel is now going to speak to the people. Come on, give me five more minutes. Stick in with me. I love this because what's the response? We got an army coming. We got tons of turmoil. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. Corey, I will allow external pressures To get you to deal with inward realities. Hear this. I will allow external pressure. To get you to deal with internal realities. I like to say God has two main ingredients. Presence and pressure. Presence and pressure. Presence delivers you. It delivers you from independence. That you can do Christianity in your own wisdom, strength, and ability. And it delivers you from isolation. We need each other. I'm 42. I'm realizing the more I get into this journey of Christianity, I need brothers. Me and my wife, we need couples. I need people. I need people to speak to deficiencies that I don't see. I need people to get up into my business and call out blind spots that I don't see. But we have been formed in our American culture of individualism and isolation and we fight our battles on our islands and the devil divides and conquers and the church needs to come into a new intimacy and dependence on God, the Holy Spirit and a new intimacy and connectedness with one another. And we need people that get breakthrough into the Holy Spirit and that we're safe people. I'm not going to cast my pearls before swine. You build histories with brothers and with sisters. You build histories and you find yourself trustworthy. I want friends that are vaults. I want friends that are vaults, not looking to use it to create witchcraft. And so Joel says an army's coming. What do we do? Get the guns. Get the rice. Hide your kids. Hide your wives. <laughs> hide everybody. What does he say? Look at Joel two twelve is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Everybody say now, now. which means don't wait till tomorrow. It's neat. Now, therefore, says the Lord. If I could just put up, and I don't know if we're able to do this, turn to me with all your heart. I find, I believe that that phrase is... Our God is a lover. Our God is a bridegroom. He hates forms and he hates religion. He goes, I want eye contact. I want the ugly stuff. I want all your heart. I don't want 50% of your heart while you have categorized Jesus into a little box. that you check off once a week. I want to get up into your dream life. I want your eye contact. I want the sin. I want the pornography. I want you to bring your whole heart, all the ugly parts, all the good parts. I want you to get real with me, get real with brothers, but I want you to break through the fog and the fallow ground of relating to me. Turn to me with all your heart. It kind of sounds like first commandment, don't it? You shall love the Lord, your God. How much? All your heart, all your soul all your mind, all your strength. This is the first, and this is the great commandment. Oh, there it is. Turn to me with all your heart. It's hard, isn't it? We're so jacked up. I don't even know where my heart's at sometimes. You go through intense seasons, I don't even know where my heart's at. But I love that he's going to help us. Because he has gifts that he's going to give us to, to, to introduce us to us. <clears throat> he says, I've got gifts. Turn to me with all your heart. Even right now in the secret place of your heart, look at him. That's the word of the Lord for you in 2020. More eye contact. What does that mean? You go figure it out. Keep going here. He says with fasting. Everybody say fasting. Oh, God, fasting. Fasting, weeping, and mourning. It's not religiosity. It's not putting onions on your eyes and creating a bunch of religious hype. He says, I want you to come into a revelation of the gap between where you're at and what you're made for. That's what mourning is. It's the pain over the gap. You mourn, and mourning touches you when you're in touch with the gap. I want to talk about fasting. Everybody say fasting. Come on. Guys, gals, Boys and girls, nothing has transformed my life like fasting. Fasting puts your soul into the back seat and it brings your spirit into the front seat. Fasting food, and I'm not just talking about the brunch meal. When you begin to fast food, this is what begins to happen. The word of God goes from a tapping hammer into a sledgehammer. The I love you, the I love yous of God become a wrecking ball in your soul. Cuz what you're going to discover in fasting, you don't have anything to give. It's your nothingness that actually brings you into contact with his everythingness. When you begin to enter into that spirit of fasting, the whisper of God turns into a roar. And this is my favorite aspect of fasting. My soul gets quiet. Most of us are constantly bombarded with images and voices and billboards and radio stations and music. It says, "Buy me, Eat me. Drink me. Sleep with me. Have me. We're constantly bombarded with images and voices and fasting drives the voices and the seductors out to where it's in the quietness of your soul you begin to hear the whispers of God again. And you begin to understand that man does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We talk about fasting for a while. I love it. I love it. I'm preaching to myself because we're doing it again. Of course, fasting is one of those things. You never love it. You always, uh, But once you come out of it, you go, why am I not doing this all the time? I want to invite you at the start of this decade. I know you guys have it planned in your calendar. Start skipping lunch once a week. Try to press through a day. Don't get religious about it. Everybody wants to immediately go to, what does it look like? What does it look like? Just go for it. Just go for it. You're like, I'm hungry. Take a spoonful of peanut butter, eat it, and keep moving on. I don't care. Stay in the spirit of fasting. Do you understand that there's only like percent of the earth that actually care? He's happy. All right, good. Fasting, weeping, mourning. Now, here we go. Here's the verse I've, I've wanted to get to. Next verse. Look at that phrase. Can you just put, rend your heart, not your garments? I'm enjoying this this morning. Just rend your heart. Rend your heart. Yeah, lift it up to the middle there. There it is. Rend your heart and not your garments. See, this is what they had in their day. A bunch of professional repenters. Professional, religious people that knew the show to put on, but yet their insides were never changed. They know how to give the appearance of repentance, but there's nothing that ever shifted on the inside. And Joel shows up says, ha ha, uh, you can save your... Deep weeping and crying out and screaming and how bad you feel. You can save that for somebody else. I want you to tear your heart. I want you to tear your heart. I want you to let God get up into the business of your thought life. Let him get up into the business of your social media, of your Netflix account. Let him get up in the middle of your DMs. Let him get up in the middle of your text. Let him get up in the middle of the way you talk, the things you look at, the things you listen to. Let him get there. Do business there. Rend your heart. Tear it. Rip it. It's violent. It's not, it's not a zipper. Tear it. Spiritual violence has to get back into the church. Spiritual violence. Jesus didn't say if your right eye caused you to sin, rub a little oil on it. Rub a little oil on it. Cut it out. Come on, Jesus. Rend your heart, not your garments. Why? Is he just mean? Is he just intense? Why is God so intense? Because of the next verse. He goes, you have forgotten the revelation of who I am. Go to the next verse. Now make it all big, and let's just have the whole verse. I know, I'm just all over the map. Here it is. Rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Why? Is it just because he wants us to return? He says, because you have forgotten. Who I am. I'm gracious. I'm merciful. I'm slow to anger. And I'm of great kindness. I'm gracious. You got to say it because my words won't change you. Your words will change you. Everybody say, He's gracious. Say, He's merciful. Say, slow to anger. anger. And everybody look at him and say, you're of great kindness. He is the kindest person I've ever met. He is the kindest person I've ever met. And that's not just for preachers up in pulpits. He is the most tender, kind person you will ever meet. He's not intimidated by how jacked up you think you are. He's in a lot harder cases than you. (laughs) You are the kindest man I know. And you're good to me. kindness of God leads us to repentance the kindness of God leads us to repentance do you know what compromise and all of our running and running to idols and to the secret sins is all about you forgot he's kind you forgot he's tender and that he's merciful and Joel hinges the whole call to repentance around a return to the nature of God <clears throat> return to the Lord your God. He is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. He's of great kindness. Anyway, we just stopped there. That's beautiful. He's fire. See, this is the thing about God. Most of us, most of us are usually one attribute of God. I probably lean more in just the fire. So my journey over the last 20 years is learning tenderness and kindness and Patience and gentleness some of you that comes easy to you your journey is get 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 fire but god he's got the whole package <laughs> he is the most tender person in the whole wide world and at the same time the most zealous fiery bridegroom in the whole wide world. <sighs> See, we can, have, we, can, we can break our idols, we can smash our idols, but what are you filling the house with? You better fill it with the revelation of the knowledge of God. Amen? Let's stand. Hallelujah. He's going to burn up some chaff this morning. Chaff. You know what? I, I, I did a little bit of a study because the Lord had me at the threshing floor a couple years ago. You ever been at the threshing floor? I don't fully know what that's all about, but it's, it's about when you get weighed and God begins to get up into your business. And he begins to separate the wheat from the chaff. That's what they do is they get in there into the hay and they throw it up in the air and the wind would carry away the chaff and the wheat would settle. It's the way of the separation between the soul and the spirit. I believe that God wants to apply fire to dead things in our life. Things that are not bringing forth life and if you're willing to part and to break the sowing and reaping cycles, I believe that there is grace this morning To enter into a new window, to break the idols, smash the idols, and to return to the kind God. Hallelujah. If you know, and I'm just gonna ask it, you know, here we are first Sunday of the year. I feel the fire this morning. We just let me the baptizer in fires here, and he wants to burn up some chaff. Some of you, this is what the devil feeds feed you, is that there's no life outside of, there's, there's not like a billion things. There's usually about one or two things Holy Spirit's putting his finger on. It's not like you've got to do this deep search. What is it? What is it? What is it? You know what it is. The issue is, do you want to live with it? Hallelujah. Just open up your hand. He's, I feel his tenderness and his zeal this morning. I feel his, his fire. Holy spirit. I ask you just to release your presence right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that your fires here and that you don't have to be afraid of him. You can look right at him. He's the Psalm 139 God who knows you and searches you. He knits you together in your mother's womb, He numbers all your wonderings. Whew. Hallelujah. Yes. Increase your fire, Holy Spirit. Yeah, come on. Yes, 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 yes. Turn right now to him. Turn right now to him. Oh, Jesus. Release fresh tears, Jesus. A fresh tenderizing of our hearts. You're going to tenderize the soil of our hearts, Jesus. We're going to feel, we're going to feel, we're going to hear, we're going to see. A great tenderizing to our hearts. Lift your hands. Fire's here. Fire's here. We come out of hiding right now. Come out of shame right now. Come to him. Burn up the chaff. Burn up the chaff right now. Burn up the chaff. Burn up the chaff. chaff. Bring that thing bring it to Him right now. Say, God, I honestly, I love this more right now than I do. I don't want to part from it, but I want to, want to part from it. Increase Holy Spirit. Increase your fire. 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 fire. Oh, says the Lord all your heart which means bring it all I want the ugly and the good I just come to me come 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 Come, you who are weary and heavy laden I will give you rest for your souls break the burdens in the name of Jesus Break the bondages, the strength sappers. Yeah. Yeah. Release deliverance in the name of Jesus. Break the bondages right now. Every addiction in the name of Jesus, I break your power. Free addiction to entertainment, pornography, social media. Food, every addiction break in the name of Jesus. We break up our fallow ground. come on it's your turn come on it's your turn come on reach for Abba reach for him with your voice reach for him with your heart oh! That's it. Come on. Come on. Step through the window.
2: Step through the window.
1: Come on. I want to hear your voices across this room. There's fresh tongues that are going to come out of sons and daughters today. Ba, break up that ground. Break up that ground. Break up that ground. Break up that ground. Come on. Come on. Come on.
2: On us, we pray. Fire, come on, fall down, fire, fall down. On us, oh. we pray. As we sing, Fire, fall down, fire, fall down. On us, we pray. Fall down, fire, fall down on us, we pray, and fire. after it's running after me your goodness is running after it's running after me your goodness is running after it's running after me come on come on lift your hands your goodness is running after it's running after me come on your goodness is running after it's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running after It's running after me Your goodness is running running after It's running after me. Shall we pray?
1: Fire, fall down. Keep singing this. Fire, fall down. Some of you. Lord says, I want to release the fire up here. He wants to release fire on sacrifices. Fire. If that's you, I want you to come up here. I believe He's going to release it right now. Some of you. There are specific things. things. Keep singing this.
2: Fire oh. fall down, fire fall down on us. We, second chronicle six, come all the way to the front. Push oh. in, fire, fire, fall down, yeah. fire fall Fire down fell from heaven, consume the, consume the sacrifice, consume the sacrifice. Come on, come on. Oh, and fire. is running after it's running after me Your goodness is running after it's running after me Your goodness is running after it's running after me and all-consuming fire Your heart's desire the voices and your consuming fire Fire. Fire. your heart's desire living flame of love come baptize us come baptize us keep singing that out just your voices all-consuming Fire, fall down, fire, fall down On us we pray Fire, fall down, fire, fall down On us we pray So I'm not looking back anymore going to run right through that open door and take what you've given me. And I'm not sitting back. I'm going to rise. I'm going to run into the arms of Christ and take of his love for me. No, no, I'm not looking back anymore. I'm going to run right through that open door door And take what you've given me And I'm not sitting back I'm gonna rise I'm gonna run into the arms of Christ And take up his love for me I'm gonna run into the arms of Christ And take up his love for me Oh, For I know, I know, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after it's running after me I know, I know Your goodness Is running after It's running after me I know, I know Your goodness Is running after It's running after me I know, I know Your goodness Is running after It's running after Me I know, I know Your goodness Is running after It's running out. all oh, consume me You're consuming fire, you're our heart's desire. The spirit longing in the
0: sing that song again make this our cry right now make this the cry oh, of our heart right my now soul. i
2: live for you alone no one else every breath that i take every moment i
0: says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and catch that point daily. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? though we live our lives for you from this day forth. We die to ourselves, we pick up the cross. We pick up the cross that you give us to carry and we pick it up daily, not just on Sundays, not just when we're in here worshiping you, but every day that we would walk with you, in your light. In First John it talks about walking in the light, as He is in the light. But may we walk in your light. May we no longer walk in darkness. As we rend our hearts before you, may we walk in your light. And you say this, You say, when we walk in your light, we will have fellowship, koinonia, unity, strength with the brethren. The oneness as we walk in the light. And then it says, and the blood of Jesus, his son, will purify us from all sin. It's that fire. As we walk in the light, it's the fire, the blood of Jesus. It's the fire that purifies us from all sin. That we would be pure in heart and that those that are pure in heart would see God. So we look to you today. We look to you tomorrow. We set our hearts upon you from this day forward. We say from this day forward, we will serve the Lord, the living God. We will choose to serve him and him alone. We will serve no other God. There will be no other God before us. Consume every other God, every other idol, every other thought. May we live for you. May our hearts be turned towards you. Redden rendered, torn, open to you every day, every morning, every night. Thank you, Jesus. Hey your hands towards heaven. Just set your hearts upon him. We're just going to say, Lord Jesus, bring your fire. We give you every idol. We give you our heart. We give you our mind. We give you our strength. We give you all that we have so that we can have all of you so that we can live out this life in your love, releasing your love to a lost and dying world. Empower us, strengthen us by the power of your might. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a huge shout. We have a meal that's <laughs> waiting out there. Um, Corey has something real quick that he's going to explain. And then we're going to pray for the food.
1: Yeah, I just, first off, this is special what he's doing right now. Don't just walk out and go, oh, praise God. What's for lunch? Well, we know what's for lunch, but guys, just breathe it in. Just live in the moment right now. Just God, we give you our hearts. <clears throat> that's number one. Number two. And uh, can we put up that slide that, that we had up there? I uh, tomorrow I'm starting a uh, a course. There it is. Teach us to pray. Taking 40 days at the start of the year, going on a journey from January 6th to the February 14th, Valentine's Day, and uh, doing 40 days. I find 40 is transition, and we want to take this season. You get about. They're, they're, what we have is we have a pro... If you go to CoreyRussellOnline.com, I don't know if that's... There it is. CoreyRussellOnline.com, promo code. You put in The Rock. I think they're taking a big percentage off of what the course is. It's about 40 uh, sessions, video sessions. And then once a week, we do an hour prayer meeting together uh, through Zoom on the online. So it'll bless you. I, I, see, this is what's in my heart. I want to do more than just get lit up in a meeting. I want to go on a journey together. I want to go on a journey. And so... Here, find books, find any resources out there to help light you and and to fuel this reality. That's what I care about, so amen.
0: Can you give Corey a hand? Just so blessed to have him in the house. We have buckets in the back. We wanna bless him. Everything that goes into the buckets will go to bless Corey and the ministry that he's doing, the impact that he's having. This is great soil to sow into. This is what we wanna sow into. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask you to bless the food. Lord, as we are about to go out and just have a time of fellowship together, Lord, would you bless this time that we have together. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your fire. And we say, Lord, do a work in us. Lord, take us from first gear to second gear. Let us move into that next gear. In Jesus' name, we bless the food. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you out there. And uh, I know we should be hungry by now.